Welcome to the Not The Top 20 betting show, sponsored by Black Type Bet. Black Type, our season sponsors, are still offering a £10 free football bet for anyone who hasn't yet signed up to a Black Type account. All you need to do is sign up using the offer code NTT20. You don't need to make a deposit to get the bet, just make a football selection. You should see the £10 free bet in the bet slip. Give Black Type a go this weekend if you're having a go on the weekend football action. Uh, We had some fantastic entries, or rather a lot of entries, into our League One relegation prediction competition. Uh, Almost 200 people, I think, got involved. I'm, as I said last week, just somehow... I don't think anyone's actually going to predict the bottom four of League One in order. But what a great prize in store for those of you who do. Uh, And scoreboard, we had no winners last week. No one picked Grimsby and Berry being the only nil-nil. But get your picks in this week. We've got a full uh, slate of EFL action, three divisions, a a couple of teams off in League One for the Checker Trade Trophy final. But I think there's, uh, there's 30... Four games to choose from. So get your picks in. We need a nil-nil and an over 4.5. You all right, George? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, a bit coldy. I know, I can tell. Or maybe I'm going to have to take up the mantle of the, of the waffling this time. Would you say generally, if one of us does have a cold when recording, <laughs> like 70% of the time it is you, isn't it? I think that's being a bit kind to me. I think it's probably more like 80. But I'm terrified that being so close to you, maybe this should have been a phone pod because um, I don't want to get cold again. You do look well, though. You do look very well. And that's, that's nice to see. Nice to kind. see. How did we get on last week? Uh, I am just sitting here cursing David Flickcroft and, and Mansfield. Fair enough. Yeah, it was a uh, another tricky weekend for you, minus 2.33. I feel like you're kind of the Notts County now of this season. It's, it hasn't gone well. It's not been a good season. You're just trying to make it as, as not good, as, as not knocked... What am I trying to say? As okay as possible. Yeah. As not rubbish as possible. Finding it tough, that's um, for sure. I'm still strapping, scrapping, trying to keep my head above water, but it's 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 a struggle. Uh, you were minus 2.33. I was slightly in the profit at plus 0.23, which means I'm seven minus 7.31 in the minus. That's going to be minus 1.31 in the minus um, when Aston Villa go up because we did our uh, season-long bets last time out. Nice. Uh, and you are minus 31.17. Um, so... Someone tweeted uh, me to say, I'm really expecting you to start doing like 33 to 1 long shots now, just mm. to see if you could wipe it all out in one go. Are you going to do that? Which I really, I just thought that was beautifully creative. And, and in, the, in the sort of weird hole I'm in at the moment, I hadn't thought of that. So I'm definitely taking that on board. I'm not going for it this week, but in the last few weeks of the season, get ready to see some super, super long shots, some long shots. <laughs> uh, let's start with our match in focus George Stoke and Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship. We wanted to celebrate the return of the Championship after a weekend off. Uh, and also we felt like most of those big games in League One, uh, of which there are so many, we kind of have touched on almost all of those teams in recent weeks. So uh, two teams that we haven't spoken in depth about, not on the betting show, uh, since they've been under new management, I don't think. So we just wanted to check in, didn't we, on, on Nathan Jones and on Steve Bruce's Sheffield Wednesday. And it, uh, it's, it's interesting to see how they've done so far. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, it, Nathan Jones' start to life at Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, at Stoke, uh, was not what I necessarily expected. I think the early defeats and the manner of them probably meant that he, in, instead of Im- imparting his you know, attacking brand of football that he had at Luton. I think he tore it up and said, look, let's just consolidate here. What we've seen is is some pretty dreary games, some pretty drab games. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a bit concerned that Stoke fans might be wondering what they've got here with Nathan uh, with Nathan Jones. But give him a summer and I'm sure that'll change. Three 
nil-nils back-to-back following a, a, a good 2-0 win at home to Nottingham Forest. A look at the, the shot data um, and it, it's not much better than that. I mean, they are well, unlucky. The defensive shot data is yeah, very good. very good. And they are, you know, they're, they're creating, I think, on average about 1.2 XG per game. So maybe yeah. the, the blanks isn't too bad. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, on the other hand, um, who were the the data, you know, the opposite of the data darlings early in the season. Um, this Steve Bruce run of form doesn't seem to be a fluke. They look to me um, and the numbers support it as if they really are improved and especially their attacking output is, is much, much better. And that has, has been reflected in the in the, in the the results and it has given them a very, very, very outside chance of the playoffs. I think some Sheffield Wednesday fans have got a little bit carried away here and seeing their run of form, meaning they're right in the mix. I don't think that's the case. I think it's still a big ask for them to get there, but the way they're going and their trajectory currently, um, it would take a brave man to rule them out. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jones is Stoke, 12 games, two wins, six draws and four defeats. Uh, at the same time, they are currently on a seven-match unbeaten run in which six of them have been draws. So in terms of, of Stoke and Jones, one thing that's very noticeable, and I think it's quite understandable, kind of makes sense, is that he is chopping and changing a lot. He's had 12 games. The amount of different things he's tried, both in terms of team shape and in terms of personnel, he really hasn't settled on a particular 11 and a particular shape. And uh, sometimes you would say that is a worrying sign. But if the remit, which we kind of expected it to be, was, well, we, we don't expect a late tilt at the playoffs. We don't expect promotion this season. That's already gone dead and buried under Gary Rowett. But make sure you're ready for a big summer of overhaul to put your personality on this team. And I think they will have fairly lofty expectations this season. So it's been interesting to see how much he's chopped and changed. Um, he hasn't really settled on a front line. You know, questions like, can you play Vokes and Afobe up front in a two? Uh, can Tom Ince and James McLean fit into his favourite, you know, diamond formation? Uh, and in midfield as well, trying to work out the best combination of Ryan Woods, Joe Allen, uh, Atebo as well. is something that Rowett struggled with and something that Jones doesn't seem to have locked down. But defensively, as you mentioned, they've been excellent. Um, they rank, well, in terms of XG against, I think over the last eight games, they are right up there with, with the best teams in the division. They've only conceded three goals in that time. And Danny Bart is a big part of that. Came in on January from Wolves. Obviously, one promotion with Wolves last season, um, not really involved in their Premier League campaign. He's on a permanent now with Stoke, and you would think that he will be uh, certainly one of the sort of pillars of Nathan Jones's Stoke going forward. Uh, and Youth Academy product Tom Edwards as well has really made the right back spot his own in the last six or eight weeks. Um, we get a lot of mentions for him on our Sunday scouting reports. Guys uh, who and girls who watch Stoke games say that he, his delivery is very good. He looks very solid. So that's very good. As you mentioned, the bad news is they've only scored four in their last eight and they've only had 15 shots on target in their last eight games. For context, the next worst is Bolton have taken 27. So almost twice as many. Um, so that's kind of interesting from, a, from a, um, a Stoke point of view. You mentioned Sheffield Wednesday. My, we mentioned it on Monday's pod, didn't we? Or maybe the week before that their fixture list has been exceptionally kind, hasn't it? A bit like when Solskjaer took over United and he won all those games in a row. They were all against basically the worst teams in the division. Uh, in Bruce's 12 games, they've only played two teams in the top half at the time they played. Uh, and those were draws against Sheffield United and Derby. So they've got easily the toughest fixture list in the league from here on in. Uh, the tests are still to come, shall we say. This game against Stoke is, on paper, their, their second easiest, um, with QPR on final day at home being the easiest. So um, 
plenty to be impressed with, I think. The, the back five, again, a bit like Stokes' back five has been very good. Iorfa coming in in January uh, has been brilliant, both in an attacking and defensive sense. Kieran Westwood is now, you know, accepted number one and has been excellent as well. Um, and, uh, and other January edition, Rolando Ahrens gives them a little bit of pace and skill, unpredictability off the left. Fletcher looks a man reborn. And uh, there we go. I mean, in terms of the, the selection for this, I found it very difficult, partly because everything leans towards this being, the, you know, a pretty boring game, doesn't it? The bookies certainly on the same page. BTTS no is 1.61. And under 2.5 goals is 1.44. And you do not see that very often, do you? What, what have you decided upon here? Yeah, it, it's very hard to get against Sheffield Wednesday here, I would say. Um, despite the fact that the Stoker are very solid at the back, um, we are seeing a, a Sheffield Wednesday team on something of a crest of a, of a wave. And, I, and I, there's just no way um, that at the price is available just you know a touch over even money. Um, I'll be I'll be backing Stoke to do a job on them, given their struggles scoring and given their struggles to, to really get a win. Um, and for that reason, it's and given the, the nil nil draws, given the, the 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 goal line being pretty low and therefore it likely being a very low margin game, um, I've gone for a kind of less risky approach of, of going for Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, draw no bet at five to four. I think a draw is a massive runner, but but just given the the way that Sheffield Wednesday are playing, I think they'll provide much more of a of a problem to to Stoke than some of the opposition they faced recently. Um, and I think they're just a touch of value as well in the in the in the um, you know one v two market. Yeah. Um, so yeah, five, I mean, I, I didn't. I was looking initially at backing them just to win, but I think that the draw is a big runner. Double chance is short enough. It's not one I've got a huge view on. Um, so five to four. Yeah, I'm taking the runner, the draw, uh, 21 to 10. It's not a, it's a skinny draw price, isn't it, that? But I think that reflects both the fact that neither of these teams have been involved in games with big margins either way. I know that Sheffield Wednesday beat Blackburn 4-2, but that was more of the exception to the rule. Stoke themselves are basically playing in games generally with, with max one goal in them. So especially given their good defensive record at home, I think you're a bit sweeter on Sheffield Wednesday perhaps than I am, which might be surprising to some given uh, how strongly you felt against them at the start of the season, but is a good example of how your opinions can and do change um, over the course of a season, which of course they should because lots of football happens and lots of things change. Anyway, I'm taking the draw in this one. You'd almost think it's not personal. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking the draw in this one. I wouldn't be surprised to see a nil-nil, but that seemed a bit too obvious. Um, and, And there is quality technical quality uh, individually in this game so uh, I'm going to take the draw at 21 to 10 now George you messaged me quite excited earlier today in fact you, you do this quite a lot and you always phrase it in a way that makes me not sure if something's gone really wrong or really right now we'll never know well we won't know till 5 p.m on Saturday but essentially you just can't understand why the bookies have Tranmere Odds against. I was going to tease it. Um, yeah, well, what's going on? I, I just don't understand how Tramir Rovers are 11 to 10 uh, to beat Carlisle this weekend. And it, it's the stage of the season where you think there's enough evidence. And it, it's not even like a price where they've drifted out to that price. They've opened at the price. If anything, um, the, the drips of money that we've seen have been for Carlisle, which I find unbelievable. I mean, anyone out there who's, who's back Carlisle at 5 to 2, um, please um, let us know. The thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in it. Mm. Um, but Tranmere are, it's always a bit of a struggle to back a team 
who have won countless games on the bounce. And that, I think a lot of people will find that difficult to comprehend, but the fact is they've won six games on the bounce in the league. Mm. That run of form is going to come to an end. Um, you know, only, uh, only the last two games of those six have been by more than a one-goal margin. Realistically, it's... You know, they haven't it, become it's not the greatest team League no, 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 Two's exactly. ever seen it's overnight. It's not sustainable, and, and jumping on these runs towards the end of them is, is a bit of a mugs game, to be honest. But... But um, <laughs> Stephen Presley's Carlisle are, are no great shakes at all. Um, the, the John Sheridan leaving um, was the trigger to a collapse. And I think the only surprise was how long it took to come. Um, their recent away form is, is ropey at best. They, 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 since the win at Port Vale, before that, they, they lost 3-0 away at Northampton. They, they lost at Crewe. They lost at Newport. These are by no means um, the stronger teams in the league. Um, although Crew's home form is actually very good. Um, and they, they got very, very decent draws indeed at Colchester and Forest Green. Two teams, however, whose form recently is not as good as their league position at all. Um, Tranmere, all season at home, have been superb. They had one little blip where they, where they had back-to-back defeats against Swindon and Northampton, but generally it's been their home form that, is, that has carried them through the season. Their away form has improved later on in the season. Um, but really, they're, they're a team who who can rely on the best striker in the league in, in James Norwood, who's enters this game in a massive run of form. Um, they've also just beaten Grimsby 4-0, putting four past a team who, who don't concede very many goals in Grimsby, despite their problems. Um, one of those, again, where you're looking through it, and in my head, I thought this would be a 4-6 to six shot, an 8-13 to 13 shot. I could not believe my eyes when I saw the price. Um, you sound less excited now than you did over, well, I've, over I've, WhatsApp. I've, I've, I've had the, the Now board. you're worried. Well, no, 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 I'm not worried at all. I, I just, I just, I don't understand. It's one of those things where when it's, when it's noisy, you know, when you're, when you, when there's a price in your head and it's so far off, it's a bit of a concern because you're wondering like, what am I missing? What are basically? you missing? Um, but this is, I mean, last time I said this about um, Swindon um, at home to, uh, to Crawley, it did not go so well where Swindon put in their most abject performance of the season. Um, but I just cannot. Again, if Carlisle win this game 5-0, I'll be very, very happy with my bet. Guess what, mate? It's a double nap. It's our first double nap. I'm picking Tranmere as well to beat Carlisle at home at 11-10. to 10. You said you'll be able to guess what my bet of the year is. Uh, and I think I did eventually. I think it took me one or two goes. But that's because there's a couple of others that I fancy as well. But... Uh, this is a double nap for the Not The Top 20 pod boys. Tramier to beat Carlisle at home. For all the reasons you've said, the home record, 12 wins, four draws and three defeats at home. We bang on and we did so on Monday about James Norwood. We spoke about Mickey Mellon and we were, well, it was quite rightly, I think, pointed out to us by Sam, who's a Tramier fan, that the goalkeeper, Davies, the defenders, Manny Month and Mark Ellis as well, have been absolutely excellent as well. Dominant, in fact, defensively. Uh, and there's no little creativity in midfield as well. Plenty of players feeding Norwood the bullets. So Carlisle, they've got a really up and down away record this season. If you look at the teams that they've beaten, though, uh, it's basically a clump in the bottom half. So six of their eight away wins have come against the bottom half teams. Tramir, of course, one of the better sides in the division. And their way against the top, si- uh, the top seven, I should say, Carlisle, one win, two draws, three defeats. So... Uh, we're hoping that Tranmere <clears throat> can extend that winning run to seven. That is a double nap. Both of our best bets of the weekend, Tranmere, uh, 11 to 10 with Black Type to beat Carlisle. So let's go back up to the championship. George, what's tickled your fancy uh, in that division? 
Yeah, there were a couple of short price ones I looked at. I looked at Villa, who are four to six at home to Blackburn. I looked at QPR, who are four to six at home to Bolton. And I think that both those are probably a, a bit of really gribbly value. But instead, um, I need to get back into the plus from uh, from minus seven odd. So I'm going to go for Wigan, who hosts Brentford's. Uh, I have no doubt at all that Brentford are a far superior football team to Wigan. Um, <laughs> however, the 21 to 10 um, on, on Wigan to win this, I just can't um, get on board with. I mean, I can get on board with it. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. Uh, Wigan, a huge Jekyll and Hyde team this season, um, whose away form is absolutely atrocious. I think if just on their away form, they are as bad as Bolton and, and Ipswich, if not possibly worse. They are a shocking team away from home. At home, however, it's quite the opposite. They're, they're a comfortable mid-table team. Um, they haven't lost at home in their last five. Um, they had a, a horrible blip um, at the turn of the year where they lost three on the on the bounce at home. But that is, except for that little period there, they've been rock solid at home all season. Um, they've seen off decent teams. They've, they've beaten West Brom at home. They've beaten Hull at home. They've beaten Bristol City at home. They've beaten Blackburn at home, Villa at home. So... There's, there's no denying their, their qualities to do that. Um, and they find themselves in a position now where whilst they're not quite in as much danger as the likes of Reading and Rotherham, a couple of bad results and they're going to be right back in there again. Brentford, on the other hand, um, their difficulties away from Griffin Park are well publicised. They have been better recently. Um, a really impressive 2-1 win at Middlesbrough um, and, and, a, and a Rotherham win as well, which you have to give them credit for because Rotherham don't lose that many games at home. Um, I still don't think it's necessarily enough to convince me. Brentford playing for very little as well now in the season. You have to think that, well, I mean, their playoff dreams are still alive. This is a must-win game for that. But for Wigan, I would say that the, the impetus is, is there even more. So it's, it's just a case of, of, of a team who I can understand with the shot data of both teams over the course of the season. There's no denying, in my view, that Brentford should be favourites at a neutral ground at Griffin Park. I wouldn't be backing Wigan at any price. However, at bigger than twos, um, and given Wigan's ability to see off decent teams at home, I think there's a snip of value. Yeah, nice. I'm going to take Norwich, actually, to beat Middlesbrough at 6-4. to four. This is the late game on Saturday, so live on Sky Sports, this one. Now, I'm going to present a couple of statsy types that type things, or things that I've noticed in my research Middlesbrough recently have kept clean sheets against, and by recently I mean in their last nine league games, they've kept clean sheets against Blackburn, QPR and Wigan. But they've conceded one or more against West Brom, Leeds, Sheffield United, Brentford, Preston and Aston Villa. So Norwich themselves have only failed to score in three games all season and none since a game against Hull in November. So they've notched in 19 games in a row in the league. And I guess what I'm saying is that the major concern when you make a pick against Middlesbrough, when you start to think about making a pick against Middlesbrough, is is very easy to say, well, they're so good defensively. And this is, you know, I have this perception. I've propagated it many times on this podcast. They, they can sit on games, they can squash games, they can get a nil-nil or a one-nil win. And based on what I've said there about the fact that in the last nine, the three clean sheets have come up against teams who are not particularly great going forward. And against any team with a half-decent attack, they have conceded uh, in games. I'm, I'm trying to push that out of my mind. I'm, I'm confident, I think Norwich will be as well, that 
They can get through them or most likely round the back of them, get past them, basically. Pulis's team selection here and the way he approaches this game at home, under the lights, will be fascinating after three defeats in a row that we spoke about last Monday. Um, a long international break with, I think it's fair to say, a fairly restless fan base uh, and quite a, quite a negative fan base at the moment. Uh, it's really interesting. I suspect he'll double down and go full Pulis, um, a sort of six... For no nil formation, uh, but we'll see. As far as I can tell, Norwich have basically everyone fit. They've certainly got their their proper sort of front four of Puki, Hernandez, Steeperman, and Buendia. Uh, behind them, they've got basically everyone available. I'm not sure if Teti's back, but they've got Vrancic and Leitner um, to choose from, as well as uh, McLean and Treble as well, uh, and and that very solid back four. So I'm feeling good about Norwich here. They've got an excellent away record. Some of their fans have said that they might even be better away than at home. Um, so I'm, I'm confident here that Norwich at Borough on Saturday at 5.30 are a decent uh, selection at 6-4. to four. Uh, So League One, where are you going in League One? Yeah, League One, I am siding with a Plymouth team whose nice. away record um, is pretty shocking. <laughs> I keep talking about my bets and saying the bad stuff first, what everyone's thinking, and then trying to justify it afterwards. Right. I'm basically just not a fan of Blackpool. Um, I think I think the, the the early season wheels have somewhat come off. I think that it was never really sustainable anyway. I'm not sure that they were ever really that good. And I think that the the 4-1 win at Bradford um, is, a, is a nice little red herring that's probably got us a bit of a price here. Um, a tangerine herring. A tangerine herring. <laughs> uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned on the Monday pods, uh, Bradford ranked pretty pretty well in the data for that game. They created better chances all game. Um and uh, failed to score a penalty and, and then you know got a consolation late on but by no means did Blackpool's performance against a team who are you know basically cut off now at the bottom of the league deserve the four goals that they got um, obviously they go into this game um, with the added you know the onus to try and get this this win back at back at Bloomfield Road because since um, the Oysons were, oust- were ousted and the fans have been back. It's fair to say that they have... Well, I mean, the, the one-all draw against Doncaster was a decent result. They've, they've drawn basically the two games there, but um, with the stadium rocking again, I guess there is a, a desire and a will to get that win at home. Um, and maybe that's played into the price as well, but I, I haven't really seen much to suggest it will. Uh, Plymouth still fighting for their lives. A, a little bit of a concern about their away form, as I say, but they've proved over the last few months that they are no soft touch at all, and I, th- and I expect them to serve it up um, to Blackpool. Um, this isn't going to be an easy ride for Blackpool at all. Again, we've got the you know the impetus in terms of, of, of the way the league's shaping up. And I think that Plymouth have everything to play for here, whereas Blackpool's um, playoff hopes are still very much alive. I, I just don't think they're good enough and I don't think they'll get there. Um, so at 17 to 10, draw no bet. Uh, Plymouth are my league one pick. Classic away team draw no bet selecting from, uh, from George so far today. Outside, of course, of the double nap, which I'm going to keep banging on about. My league one pick's the same as last week. It's Luton to win. Uh, they're 17 to 20. It's a skinny 17 to 20, especially away at Bristol Rovers. But I'm basically ignoring <clears throat> all of the games between teams in the bottom 13 because I'm personally finding them very, very hard to judge uh, at this point in time. And you've got Barnsley, Charlton and Doncaster uh, all below 3 to 4, all below 1.75 in their home games. Um, and obviously, I think Luton are the best of a bunch. The fact that they're away at Bristol Rovers doesn't put me off that much. Their away form, in fact, their away record this whole season is 
just as sensational uh, as anyone else's. They've won eight and drawn four of their last 12 away from home. So it's not the classic, you know, draw your away games and win your home games. For Luton, it's kind of win two-thirds of your away games, win three-quarters of your home games. Uh, And I can't say much more about Luton that we haven't said already. They played with joy against Doncaster last weekend uh, and put them away so easily. It genuinely could have been more. It could have been six or seven. Um, And I watched Bristol Rovers get thrashed by Doncaster on Tuesday night. Um, the, The manager, Cufflin, or... I don't know how you say it, Graham Coughlin. He tried something different. <laughs> I'll be apt for your current uh, physical state. Yeah, exactly. Coughlin. <laughs> he tried something different with Riley and J- and Yakubiak playing either side of Clark Harris. It just didn't work at all. They started poorly. They didn't look like they knew the system or understood the system. I'm sure he will revert back to type this weekend. But generally, <clears throat> look, I mean, I keep saying when we talk about Luton, if you've got really good attacking fullbacks and decent wide forwards, in theory you should be able to hurt them down the flanks because they've only got fullbacks and they don't play with, with wide forwards. But A, that doesn't seem to be happening. No team seems to be implementing that, so maybe I'm missing something. But B, Bristol Rovers, is they, they have no good wingers, essentially. They have very little threat from out wide. Even their fullbacks, I'm not that sold on. Uh, Holmes, Dennis, we've seen some flashes from him, but very disappointing on Tuesday night. Uh, so I'm a bit down on Bristol Rovers after that. Uh, and very much not down on Luton. So I'm just going to take Luton to win at 17-20 to 20, uh, in League One this week. This leaves, George, BTTS and the long shot. So why don't you tell me what your BTTS pick is this week? Yeah, I was tempted um, to back Bradford at Charlton. Okay. BTTS, yes. Or no, no, I was, I was tempted just to back them at 9-2. to two, Okay. Or find a way of backing them. Because right. I'm still... For whatever reason, I, I, I'm just not completely sold on, on this current guise of Charlton. They are getting results mm-hmm. at the moment. They are marginal. There's a huge win um, against Portsmouth and, and Burton at home in their last two games. But for, for whatever reason, I'm not quite there. But then I, I looked at it and I thought, actually, realistically, given the, the way that Bradford collapsed on the weekend and given um, their precarious situation and Gary Bowyer's, um hasn't been able to get the impact that he wanted, I thought that was probably reckless. Possibly so reckless. instead... Um, I'm just going to basically bat BTTS yes because I do think that they have enough to probably cause Charlton a few problems um, the games I mentioned where Charlton uh, got their home wins against the likes of Burton and Portsmouth they did concede uh, we've seen uh, Bradford get absolutely spanked by the likes of Portsmouth and Blackpool recently and score in both games despite uh, shipping nine in the two so it's fair to assume that this is going to be a game where um, you know Charlton are, are the rightful favourites despite my initial questions but I do think that uh, again, given the, the 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 game, the season state for uh, for for Bradford, they are not going to gain anything by not trying. A nil nil draw, for example, isn't good enough at this stage, and it doesn't help them whatsoever. So the onus is on them to attack, and uh, and Charlton at home, you'd expect them to be able to to ripple the net as well. So at pick and prices, seventeen to twenty, BTTS, yes. I think you'd expect them to be able to ripple the net might be one of my favourite phrases. Well, you've got to be careful said. when you say it as well because if you get your consonants mixed <laughs> up, it's going to be, you're going to say something very different. Yeah, let's leave Charlton's nipples out of it. They, uh, I, I think based on what you've said there, I might have a little look at the price for something like Charlton and over 3.5 or something mm. like that. Charlton and goals, I'm thinking maybe. Gosh. Uh, I'm going to have a look at that. My BTTS is a no in Nottingham Forest against Swansea. This is uh, 10 to 11. And 
<clears throat> Swansea away from home, not setting the world alight, I think it's fair to say. They failed to score in three of their last five away from home. They're in the bottom third uh, in the championship of scorers away from home across the season. I think they've got 19 in 19 games. There's only six or seven teams worse than that. Forest as well, it doesn't feel to me like, you know, based on the eye test, like they are a particularly cohesive attacking team under Martin O'Neill and they weren't under Karanka either I think it's fair to say that doesn't mean they don't score goals it doesn't mean they don't have a threat um, but I would suggest that generally it's more down to individual brilliance such as someone like Joe Lolly uh, which creates it so I don't think that they're the type of team that um, well I, th- I think I think they're the more likely to score put it this way in this game um, but BTTS no has landed in 53% of Forest's home games so uh, more often than not, just um, their home games have not seen both teams to score. So I think, put it this way, when, when Swansea go down away from home, they very rarely come back. They tend to just sort of whimper out a bit. Um, and so I, I, I think this is likely to be a nil-nil or maybe a narrow Forest win. I'm going to go for BTTS. No, in Nottingham Forest against Swansea at 10 to 11. What about the long shot? Yeah, sticking to my current correct score um, efforts, and I'm going for a nil-nil draw between Morecambe and Crawley. Um, nice. Despite these two teams con- conceding loads of goals recently. <laughs> um, Morecambe shipped four at Swindon last time out. Crawley, uh, last time on the road, uh, shipped six in an absolutely horrific display of defending against Crow Alexandra, having gone one nil up. Uh, they also were put to the sword by top-of-the-table Lincoln. Um, but a couple of nil-nils for both of these in the last few games. Morecambe on an, in an away game at Notts County. Crawley hosting a Mansfield team who've, who, at the time, it looked like a good result. They've really struggled since that game. Um, and it just feels like for both managers, surely given their defensive uh, errors and the precarious nature of, you know, and the fact they're basically two just poor teams playing against each other, um, I can see them just cancelling each other out and, and putting a focus on on getting a point and, and trying to put an end to the um, to the madness. Yeah, I was going to say, it, I'm, I'd like to caveat this by saying I'm absolutely not suggesting this in any way um, seriously or in any way accusingly. But if you were Jim Bentley and Gabriele Cioffi before the game, like... You would probably take a nil-nil in this, yeah, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Let's I, just I forget just take, this one. I think take a clean sheet. Like Both keepers are going to be desperate to, to keep the goals out. Both managers are going to think, what the hell has happened in the last couple of weeks? I yeah. just tightened up. What do you think they've been doing since Saturday? What do you think they've been working on? I don't think it's probably going to be anything but shape, tightening it up. You know, let's just see this one through. Let's not um, press too much. No, exactly. It's going to be. A, it'll be a pretty dire game. Morecambe's record against um, teams low in the table is is very good, though. Um, but and and you know they're the rightful favourites. But but at eight to one, um, I think nil nil is a big runner. I think you're going to like this. My long shot. Uh, I haven't won a long shot, of course, since the early nineties, as you will remember. Um, Ipswich and both teams to score in Ipswich against Hull this weekend. Not just one all. No, not just one all. <laughs> that was my. That was where I started actually with this. But I just thought, what's the likelihood of them? going seven out of eight for one ones. Well, we'll see. But also the bookies are across that now, so there's not much fun to be had with the one all. Uh, Ipswich and both teams to score at five to one. They're playing against Hull at Portman Road. Hull's last five away games, they've lost all of them, in which uh, in those games they've conceded three, three, five, two and three. So pretty miserable on the defensive end, Hull, when they've travelled away from the KCOM. 
Uh, Ipswich, as we know, uh, have scored exactly one goal in each of their last seven games. So basically, I'm asking them to do something they've barely done this season. Score two goals and win an actual football match. Um, I'm about as good at winning long shots as Ipswich are at winning league games. In fact, probably over the course of the season, even worse than them. So I guess this is a, a real punt, a long shot in the truest sense of the word. Um, I'm just trying to... Is it a hit and hope? I'm, I'm hopping on that tractor, George, and I'm hoping for a good yield. And okay. uh, at five to one, Ipswich and BTTS, up the tractor, boys. What a glorious moment this would be. Uh, on Saturday afternoon. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you get involved with Scoreboy. You can tweet us and at Black Type Bet with your selections. Uh, we're looking for a nil-nil and an over 4.5 goals. So a game with five goals or more. Not easy to find, but not out the question. We've had plenty of winners. And if you do win, you win a £20 free bet. George, if I could just ask you, for the listeners' sake, to recap your bets, that would be really nice. Yeah, um, so we've got the match and focus, Sheffield Wednesday, Jorno bet. The nap, the super nap, um, <laughs> is, is Chamnir at 11 to 10. Uh, the uh, championship pick is Wigan uh, to beat Brentford. League one, Plymouth, Jorno bet at Blackpool. Um, a long shot is a stalemate in Morecambe against Crawley. And the BTTS, yes, is Charlton against Bradford. I'm so into that Morecambe nil-nil bet. I really am. Um, my match in focus pick was a draw between Stoke and Sheffield Wednesday, 21 to 10, that one. Um, championship, Norwich away at Borough. League one, Luton. Uh, and league two, Tranmere, the super nap, the double nap, the nap nap. Uh, BTTS, no in Nottingham Forest, Swansea at 10 to 11. And the long shot, Ipswich to beat Hull. And both teams to score at 5 to 1. This has been the Not the Top 20 betting show. Please do tweet us. With what you fancy this weekend, you kind of teased your bet of the year. And out of the two responses, one of them was... Correct. Was it Tranmere? So well done uh, to those who guessed it. Did, did you then... The other suggestion was Re uh, Preston away at Reading. And I almost changed my picks to include it. Reading's home form is not bad, is it? Okay. Okay. Um, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, that's it from us this week. We'll be back again uh, early next week to chat about whatever goes down this weekend.